Welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall, the show where we try to empower you, the individual, to tear down that wall that's keeping us from the truth. Uh, welcome back, folks. We have a cool show for you today. We're going to have like a legit artist for y'all today. Um, I found him on Instagram again. Uh, really cool guy. Um, I saw his art and it was just, I could see... I could see him, his ideas within the art. And it's it's pretty much a lot of written out words, but there's still cool art in it. And it's just, it gives you a message and you know it. It's not like abstract art where you're like guessing what the fuck does this mean? What, what could it mean? It's just like, he's telling you what it is right there. And I, I want to talk about this too, because I think it's beautiful how the internet, it's being used by people to harness and to refine and to share their skills. <clears throat> a thing I, I say often in this show is that I truly feel we all have special powers or special gifts or talents that are endowed to us by the creator. And he gives them to us for a reason, to, to use them to help enlighten or better mankind or at least your neighbors or at least yourself. And this guy, I know he's doing that because art is one of the main things that helps you understand who you are. Once you really get into your art and you're really in it and you're passionate about it, at first it's hard, you know, you got to learn. You have a learning curve. And then you start getting better and then you get the hang of it. And then your art is actually badass. And it's, it's a whole process. It's kind of like you becoming a butterfly. You learn little mistakes and you learn things here and there. You look for inspiration in others. And I think it's beautiful. So today I want to bring with you all a guy that I found that he's doing, like I said, doing badass art. Uh, his name is Jordan. And on Instagram, you can find him as trip to the top, all one word together. How are you doing, Jordan? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Juan. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the introduction. Um, and yeah, uh, trip to the top. That's me on Instagram. Um, and uh, the two is uh, number two um, as well. So it's like trip number two, the top, cool. and then everything else is spelled out. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'll put it on the show notes. So just tell us a little Sweet. bit about yourself, uh, uh, where you're at, and just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into your art. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm basically up, up in Canada, Toronto, Canada. And uh, yeah, I've just been doing a lot of stuff on Instagram. Like I do a lot of fine art and uh, even some like other kind of art, like performance art, rapping, dancing. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. that. Um, involved in like throwing shows and stuff. Um, and so the art is kind of, kind of influenced by that. That's kind of why it's like graphic stuff. Like, looks kind of like maybe a comic book or yeah a movie uh you know show poster or something like that so right, that's yeah. like a huge part of it but i have like a, a lot of classic kind of like more traditional training in art too you know like realistic stuff like um you know murals definitely involved in a lot of murals stuff around the city like public art you know and it, mm -hmm. like urban stuff you know yeah and how long have you been into art well like i'm most kids are into it but when were you really like oh this is my thing um, that's a good question. I think probably, I think probably I started getting into like graffiti and like spray painting and stuff. And I think sort of once I got into that, like maybe towards the end of high school, I sort of saw like, oh yeah, okay, this is something that I'm good at. And like this kind of community of people that are like using spray paint and doing murals and are more like hip hop punk kind of scene like once i kind of got into that my art my artistic skills that i basically maintained all my life sort of fell into place of like it sort of kind of showed me like what i could use it for specifically and not just like oh uh, like 
I kind of went through high school, like a special arts high school, just drawing like comics and cartoons and stuff. And I just figured like, um, as well as like more traditional stuff, ceramics, like different kind of stuff, photography, um, drawing, painting. But I just figured like, this is the only thing that I really enjoy doing. It's the only one of the only things I'm really good at. So I might as well pursue it. But I was kind of like aimlessly pursuing it until I found out like what it could actually be used for. Right. Like how it could reach people and like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. different mediums and stuff that I actually enjoyed and started to get good. So probably like around like maybe like eighth grade, I was like, yeah, I should pursue this art thing. But I still wasn't serious about it until probably I started going to college or even after once I was finished college. I noticed a lot of people kind of fell off and uh, I was like, well, I just got to keep going again because it's like one of the only things that I really you know, believe that I'm good at. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's cool. And it's so like, cool yeah. that you learned, you figured that out when you were young. And uh, it's not a diss because I, I went through your art and your high school art, it, it's not bad, but you could see that you're learning. Like you could see it's not perfect, but it's awesome. Because when I was younger too, I liked to draw. I would draw like Sonic and all his crew. And I sucked too. Like yeah. when I first started, I couldn't get the perspective or the scale and I fucked up, but eventually, after a while, I did get better. But I didn't. I didn't keep chasing it. But so t- <laughs> tell us about that. Um, what did you like doing at first? Just like drawing, or because you have several, you had to do photography and acting and all this stuff. Were you like specifically just drawing and painting, or? Uh, it's like uh, I guess like I kind of drew comics like in I guess like uh, elementary school. That's to like grade grade five maybe I just like draw comics instead of like doing work in class I would just draw like these comics about like hamsters with like superpowers and stuff and, like, <laughs> really? with my friends and we'd like trade trade them and stuff and staple them together and color them wow like I had like these crazy Chinese and Polish friends that were super good at drawing <laughs> and uh yeah we started kind of doing that and then everyone ended up going to different schools in middle school but I kind of kept it up like extracurricular extracurricular kind of art stuff in middle school and then um in high school i got more into like comic books and animation i was into like even like kind of video game art like you know like the art from like street fighter and anime and like dragon ball z kind of dungeons and dragons yeah dragon ball z especially uh like warhammer art books and i was into like all like nerdy art and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i kind of just kept it up that's so badass but i wasn't into fine art really until like uh kind of after high school. I learned about fine art in high school, but I wasn't really about it until like later. That's so cool, man. Cause like, like you, I guess when I was younger, I was a lot into, I guess not too much, but I would like to draw and I used to play a lot of soccer and I was really into those things. But as I grew older and I had to get a job and like life got kind of in the way, I kind of stopped. But I just think it's beautiful how artists and people like you, like you continue no matter what. You go to work, but you come home and you still want to do art. It's something that you that people don't have to pay you to do. It's something that you freely want to do out of just out of love. It's true. I would just do it anyway. I mean, it's nice to get paid though. But yeah, I'll just do like I'll just do a drawing on my lunch break. If I only have thirty minutes, I'll just do a thirty minute drawing. Really? Post it on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Instead or of before, eating maybe instead of eating, oh I try to do both at the same time usually. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's cool, man. Yeah. So you don't sell any of your art yet, or you don't have an avenue for that? A little bit. I have a gallery gallery representation um, and a manager that helped me. Um, the gallery is called the Run Gallery uh, up in Toronto, 
And then I work with uh, this company called Pyramid Scheme. Um, I could I could send you links and stuff. Yeah, send it to me and I'll, um, I'll put so them we on make, the notes. Yeah, we make like uh, different kind of books like photo zines or just like I have like a book of all my uh, a lot of my cartoons like just compiled together some of the best ones. Uh-huh. And uh, we sell paintings like I've been working with my girlfriend selling paintings together um, as well. And then she basically kind of helps me stay focused and like my, my manager, my gallery helped me stay focused. So it's like, I sell, I actually sell quite a lot of work. Um, and then I get, usually try to get involved in different projects, like murals and stuff like that, making money that way. We'll get into some of the murals you do, but I, I just, I'm just so fascinated by the fact that artists, like to be an artist, I think everyone is an artist, but like I said, life gets in the way and we get into our routine and we kind of we kind of take that artistic creation spirit that we all have and it gets diminished. And I just think it's cool that you do it. Um, what was I going to say? So all, all of your art, you said you started learning. At one point, so you said you started doing hamster and funny stuff. At what point did you start uh, yeah. <laughs> putting meaning? Because what the the... The sense that I get when I see your art is a lot of it's like speaking out against the establishment or the mainstream or whatever society seems to to tell people to do. And it's kind of like comedic in a way, but it's kind of like satire. It's just how did how did you get the idea? Or I guess let me rephrase it because I asked this to all of my guests. When did you wake up or when did you realize things were not exactly what you thought they were in the world? Um, that's probably maybe like quite a while ago. I, I don't, I'm not sure really when, maybe like as a sort of teenager, I, I was new kind of stuff was sort of, everything kind of seemed like kind of dumb to me. Like the idea of going to school, like all this stuff kind of seemed ridiculous and like even just having a regular job and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, I got with this crew called the wild core and we basically, these rap guys from Ottawa and we all like live together, um, in a house, like as like weird raw vegan people and just listen to like tons of lectures and weird stuff. And then I, I pretty much at that point, like my art kind of shifted. Um, cause I'd always been into like just researching ridiculous kind of conspiracies and theories and, you know, Bigfoot and aliens and stuff like that. But so I was always kind of like, maybe the, I was didn't never wanted the world to be the way that they kind of presented to you because it just felt like, it would just be a huge disappointment if everything was just the way that people said, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is like, Oh, the earth's round and there's space and dinosaurs and you know, there's no <laughs> ghosts and no aliens, no Bigfoot. Like, I'm just like, that's kind of boring. Right. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So I just always wanted to believe in more. Mm-hmm. So I just keep looking for more. Like, what do I not know about? And like, I don't know it with the art and stuff. It's just kind of like everything's sort of ridiculous. So <laughs> Like my friends and I, we just make fun of stuff a lot. So I figured, like, if you can make fun of something in, with art, um, you know, it's kind of like, it's like comedy, kind of. You know, you could sort of say whatever you want, and people, are, oh, it's just art. You know, like it's not, it's it's not it's not really taken so seriously. You right, know? right. Like, it's art is one of the best ways to like program people because they don't they don't see it as that. They just see it as entertainment. They don't see it as it's not. I don't want to say it's propaganda. It's just it's a way to put ideas into other people. Exactly. Like you could say what you want without people just totally hating you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a subconscious thing. It's like, 
And it's like an interest too. Like I'm interested in saying this stuff. And as well, like I find like a lot of arts kind of like it's aesthetically looks nice, but you know, there's always like kind of symbolism and stuff, but I find like a lot of art doesn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even you could look at music, art, like pop culture. It's not, it's like there's stuff that's just aesthetically cool, but it's not really saying anything. Like even like graffiti writers, you know, like they write their names out on everything. Exactly. Man. On everything, I think... But they don't, they don't say anything. Like they don't have opinions. Like I just want people to have opinions, like whether I agree with them or not. So I just put my opinions out there to see what people, how people react and stuff. You're so spot on with like today, especially in modern age, it seems like the art doesn't really have a message. Like when I look back at the art from like the 60s and the 70s and maybe even up to some of the 80s, it was imbued with meaning and like uh, kind of like a fuck you to the system. And now everything's so like sterile, like especially now with like mumble music and all this new art that is coming out. It's like it's not saying literally not saying anything. I can't understand what they're saying. It's just mumble rap. It's like what happened to humanity where everything that people did put some of themselves in it, put some meaning and symbolism in it. And now it's totally devoid of that and in fact they're actually put, putting occult symbolism and dark symbolism in the stuff and it's like it's coming out in the public and people are so i think back in the day people were even though they didn't have the technology that we have now they were so much more advanced in terms of understanding themselves and, and the, the symbolic world and nature and that connection with god and i don't know if you've heard about this but there's a theory that <clears throat> all of this has been done on purpose that i think it was agenda 2020 that I had read a while back that, that said that part of the goal in the future is to make uh, empty art, uh, art that has no meaning, ugly art, kind of like abstract. You know how when you see sometimes abstract art, it's like, what is this? It's just like either blobs or just mirrors of paint. Like it doesn't really have a meaning. And like, it's hilarious to hear the, the art connoisseur say like, oh, the, you can feel the brush of the stroke, how it was, or like all these things that it, it doesn't really say something it's just like something for you to look at what do you think about that about today's modern art i think i think some of it might even be used to like launder money or something yes it's like, or it's just like it's kind of like this insider scene right like uh of like trading stuff around and like this is big that's big like i don't know it's kind of it kind of reminds me of like nfts almost in a way where it's like like for that it's like more like the app the idea is like really abstract like you sell something that doesn't exist but it does like right uh-huh. i don't know if that makes sense like no, yeah i, I think it. with the yeah with i mean abstract art's all about i don't know there's a lot of stuff you can sort of not really make up but just like just the whole like critiquing art and what does it mean and stuff like that like a lot of a lot of art's pretty inaccessible to average people you know like even those big paintings where it's just like, you know, it's like one stripe or there's like one dot. Yeah. And like, it's just like, well, no one had ever done it before. <laughs> and this person, maybe they have history doing something else or whatever. They're like, I don't know. It's like, it's like politics. It's like the same. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, like what you were saying that about being laundering, that's exactly what one of my buddies was saying that, I mean, you can price a painting, whatever you want, and then you can just use that money and launder it. It could be anything, like you said, a dot on a on a on an empty page or canvas. Like, I I think so. I I mean I don't see why not because you could yeah you could sell it for whatever you want. You know you can. It's a it's like an asset that a lot of times appreciates also. So like those Banksy paintings and stuff like that. You know. Well, actually, I like I Banksy. Know. He kind of puts meaning in his art. 
no, yeah, he does. But I'm saying like, uh, like an auction, like just the idea of like his arts always appre- appreciating and like selling at auctions. People are like going crazy over it, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not the same con like content or subject matter as just like a regular abstract painting that sells for like, you know, $13 million or something, you know? Do you know that art piece he made that shredded itself? I heard about that. That was that happened, right? At an auction or something. Could, it, like, could you tell me what it, it is? It, just, yeah. it like, destroyed itself. Do you know the story? Because I, 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 I don't know. I think a little bit. T- I just t- know t- I think what happened. Do you know it? No, no I mean, I kind of briefly read it, but I, I didn't really read the whole article. But the, the, the gist of it I got was that he's kind of making a mockery of how all of this is a big spectacle and they spend so much money on this art. And like he just kind of like a fuck you to you, like, I just destroyed the art in front of you and you wasted all this money. Uh, it, did it get destroyed after someone bought it and th- then they just, they still paid for it? No, I think they, they said like <laughs> sold and then like the thing shredded itself. I'm not sure. Y'all should look into wh- whoever's listening. It's, there's something weird about it. Yeah. His stuff's weird because it's pub, like public and people would like steal, like tear down part of a wall or like steal it. You know what I mean? Just like, just to have it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a little bit different. So you said that you were you used to live with a couple of buddies, like-minded people, and y'all would listen to lectures. And what what who would you listen to? Uh, uh, like a lot of stuff. Like we would we would listen to like uh, there's this guy Dr. Delbert Blair. We would listen to him. We'd listen to that guy, Dr. Sebi. Yeah. Uh, there was this chick, Jewel Jewel Pukram. We listened to her. I don't know what happened to a lot of these people. Um, we listened to this guy, Genesis Sunfire, who basically, he was saying he could live without eating or drinking. Oh yeah. Um, I heard about that guy. What do you think yeah, about like him? Stuff like that. Um, sorry. What do you think about him? Do you think he's legit? I think so. I, I don't know. I, maybe he, it, it's really interesting if you watch all his stuff because his attitude totally changes from being like kind of negative to positive and stuff and he I don't he just like gets all these crazy tattoos and stuff and then he goes from like only drinking juice to like drinking water to like not drinking or anything to like drinking only chaga to back to eating fruit so it's kind of weird Hmm. I think he's legit I mean everything he says sort of makes sense like I definitely believe in it does he look healthy yeah, he does. Actually, he does a bunch of, like, push-ups and, like, crazy, like, ninja workouts in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did, he was, like, he's shredded. He was a rugby player. But he was saying also that at some point he was, like, very emaciated looking. And, uh, like, out of nowhere he gained, like, 30 pounds or something. Mm-hmm. It's interesting whether it's true or not, you know? Yeah, yeah, the, just the whole idea of how, what, what is the proper way of a human to eat? Because, I don't know, do you know the liver king? Yeah, I heard of that guy. What's he, his thing? Sup primals or whatever? Yeah, all he eats is like raw meat and like liver and blood. And it's like, and he's like super swollen and jacked. And like, I've seen other vegetarians supposedly who are super jacked. And it's like, we're all different. And maybe it's just, you got to get your body to adapt. I just think it's, it's so wild how, I don't know. There's also stories of the Buddha, how he like starved himself forever. I think there's just something interesting that people haven't really investigated um, in terms of what it is to eat and what you put in your body or what you withhold withhold from your body it's pretty fascinating what the human body could do or handle or I, I think it's like i don't even really know what it's capable of people say they eat without food i believe them 
people like are appear to be healthy and doing well just eating like livers and brains and stuff like you know that's something else different too i don't know it's really strange i'm definitely into the veganism thing but oh yeah you said i don't not you said you were into (laughs) you mentioned you were into vegan you were mentioned you were into veganism are you like a strict vegan right now like if i eat something by accident um like that has like milk powder in it or something like uh i'm not really gonna sweat it um but yeah I, i just typically stay away from eating animal products i don't know it's something that i just like doing it's like easy easy and comfortable for me i need some restrictions on my lifestyles just to kind of have some kind of um sort of self-imposed regiment you know right, right and how long have you been doing that um like about 10 years maybe wow with some little kind of breaks in between here and there and do you are you healthy mean-wise are you like at a, how are you health-wise feel pretty good. I, I'm like, there's no real difference between the way I feel now and like maybe when I was like a teenager, like if anything, I'm probably stronger and like I have good, better like body awareness. Like I train martial arts and stuff and try oh, to do that's cool, a little man. bit of calisth- calisthenics and weight training when I can. That's badass. See, cause that's Cycling something that, and stuff. Yeah. It's something I've been wanting to do. It's just, I, I love me and I feel like me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to it, but I would like to do a, a vegan diet or try it at least sometime. Because what, what, why do you, what is your uh, philosophy of why you became a vegan? At first, like, I just kind of thought like it was sort of cool. Like I had like sort of older, like kind of bigger brother type role models and they were all into it. So are you there still? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay, sweet. Um, yeah, so I just got into it through them. Like they were just like kind of examples. I didn't really understand. I was like, so wait, you don't eat any animals? They're like, yeah. They're all like in hardcore bands and like crazy rappers and uh-huh. artists and break dancers and stuff. So I was like, okay, let me try this. And it was just kind of like, I just started liking it because I, I ner- I'm a nerd with food. So I like learning about different products and stuff. And then I was vegetarian for a minute and I was like, well, I'm still like supporting these kind of the factory farms and like the, you know, the animals and like ethically, I was like, well, I guess I'll just go vegan because then I don't have to really worry about it. And I'm pretty good at making food, so it's not really an issue. But it took a long time, though. Like, like it's it took a while because it's just like a lot of trial and error, and like kind of one step forward, two steps back, and stuff like that. But I think for me, I just kind of committed to it. I was like, I don't really want to like mess with animals and eating them and stuff like that. And like, I like vegan food. I think it's tasty if you can, you know, if you make it right, like make eat the right stuff. And it's more simple too. So I don't know. For me, it just made sense. And just do, something that I just held on to. Do you grow your own food? Uh, yeah, a little bit, like when I can, <laughs> you know, like if I have space to grow food, I'll definitely do it. Or like, I like being involved with like garden, gardening and planting and stuff like that. Like we did some stuff today, um, just like planted some kale and uh, beets, I think, and spinach. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's cool. I think, you see, this is the thing, the, this is the common thread that I see with the people who are sort of in the truther movement. They're like active in their lifestyle. They're not just doing things because that's how society has told them to do, like going to the grocery store or just eating meat. They've gone off the mainstream path and, and look for their own, like to see what satisfies them and what fills them. And that that's awesome. That's another common thread. People grow their own food and they cook and they're, they're like 
more invested into what they put in their body. I think that's badass. For sure. Like, and even when I ate meat and stuff, like I would try to get like, I would try to get like the grass fed organic stuff. And, you know, I would be like, Oh, what do I make like food com- combinations and stuff like that? And, you know, like trying to get unpasteurized cheese and stuff from other countries with like different laws. Like, yeah, I, I, I definitely care about what I put in my body, my lifestyle in some, in some ways, you know? And right there, when you were saying that you order from other countries, I think it's interesting if you look at the products they sell in the U.S. compared to the products they sell like in the U.K., the products from the U.S.A. contain a whole lot more um, chemicals and, and stuff in them that they doesn't need. It'll, you can compare like the same, like a ketchup bottle from U.K., it'll have like four ingredients, which would be like water, vinegar, uh, tomato, and maybe something else. And like in the U.S., it'll have maybe 30 ingredients. And it's just like, why are y'all, add, why are y'all adding all this stuff in there? I, I don't really understand their, their preservatives or something, but they don't need to be there. It kind of seems like they're deliberately trying to poison people sometimes, or like, like they, it seems like they have stuff they want to get rid of it or something, so they just put it in food and hope that people won't care, well, that's, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's the actual story with fluoride. Fluoride is like a something, it's a byproduct. When they make gasoline, Fluoride is one of the derivatives that comes out. So what do they do with it? They're not just going to throw it away. They sell it to all the toothpaste companies and to the water uh, companies to put it in, in there. Like, and fluoride's a, a, a poison. Everybody already knows. Yeah, it, it's supposed to like mess up your pineal gland and make you more, like, I guess, complacent and docile or something like that. Yep, yep. yep. And Which it, sort of makes sense, I guess, if you look at society. Yeah, and I was I got in an argument with one person. This was back when I would actually argue with people. I, w- I was trying to tell them, look, there's fluoride in the water. And, and then the guy was, and the person arguing was like, yeah, I mean, it's for your teeth to, to help you clean your teeth because like toothpaste. And I told him, but do you eat your toothpaste? And he was just like, uh, he didn't know what to say. And it's just like, people think that just because something's at the store that it's not bad for you. But if you really look at it, almost everything in the store is poison for you. Pretty much, except for like maybe parts of the produce and like raw food and maybe some sauce. Like, you know what I mean? There's obviously water or whatever, but you're right. Like all products, like packaged products and stuff, processed foods and just like the way stuff's grown and what's in it and, you know, like weird hormones and um, what's the antibiotics Mm -hmm. and pesticides and like even the way they ripen food and like kind of trick you making... I don't know. Apparently they got caught like dying, dying food and putting wax on fruits and like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to wonder, right? It's like, it's such a crazy business and that uh, Monsanto company and all the stuff that they're doing. It's, it's, it's a lot better just to make your own food, grow your own food if you can. Exactly. Because you could just control, control like, or like raise your own livestock if that's your thing. Right. Because then you could control it and it's cheaper too, I think. And it's just like you just got to have the space and the, the willingness to put in the effort. Yeah, and I think people's just um, complacency and just this whole corporate world, how it just it tries to make things easy for people, like just give them grocery stores or, or give them these cell phones. or They put these things out there that are supposedly for our convenience, but they're not for our convenience. Like, like I said earlier, I, people 
in the past, I believe, were way much more in tune with themselves. Like, I'm sure most people in the past didn't have grocery stores, so they grew their own food or they, they farmed their own stuff locally. So it, it wasn't depleted of nutrients or it didn't have all these pesticides. And I just think that we think we're so smart and so advanced, but we're, we're living in a poison world. Everything's poison, the water, the air, whatever's on TV, it's all basically poison. And that's the thing that I talk about on this show. Like, what are the things we can do to get rid of the poison and to like fill ourselves with good stuff. And that's why I wanted to have you on because I, I, th- I believe art is one of the biggest avenues for that. T- tell me, what, what have you learned or what, what have you learned about yourself as you started doing art? Um, definitely learned that I'm a curious person. Uh, I like to share. I like to collaborate. Um, I'm a pretty hard worker if it's something that I really care about. Uh, and I think part of it is to like, my art is a lot of the times inspired by my interests and while I'm making the art or like with my process and stuff, like I'd listen to like a podcast like this, for example, and just like learn stuff and then it will inform me, you know, or like, even if it's about politics, like now I listen, I pay more attention to politics. Like my dad's a journalist, my mom's a teacher I'm from Ottawa. Politics is huge, so I just got more into politics, learning about that, what just is, learning about... Sorry, what is your view on, on politics? What is your position in politics? What's that? What, my, what do you, yeah, what do you like, think what, about... Why I care about it? No, what do you think about politics overall in general? It's like a scam, but, like, everything's politics, I think. Like, everything's political, like, like seeing stuff's political, like stuff at work's political. Like it masks. just seems like everything is politics and it's all just kind of like nonsense in a way. Right, even masks have become politicized. I think it's wild how back in the day they would always say, don't bring up religion and politics. And people did it and people got along and it was great. But now, like you said, everything's politicized. Where even saying, are you wearing a mask or not? It's, it becomes all about politics. And like you said, yeah, it's a scam. Ever since I was a kid, I, I knew that. I remember one time in particular, I was sitting... It was playground. We're, it was after lunch and we we're in the playground. I think I was probably in third grade. And I was just sitting by myself on the swing, just thinking, you know, I would do that often. I didn't really like to play because I was, I was a small kid, so I would get pushed around like a lot that. and stuff. So I would be on the swing yeah. and I was watching some bullies, bully some little kids. And I was just thinking and watching it. And, and in my head, I was just imagining like, is this what the world is? The big, mean people are the ones in control and the little ones have to, like, fend for themselves? Like, how easy would it be if all of us just ganged up on these bullies? And and you can extrapolate that to now the real world. We have all of these menacing, oppressing governments and the police and law enforcement, and people think that they're afraid of them. It's all in the mind. It's all mind games. They're afraid of them because they think that they have real authority and power, and they don't. They just say that they're the ones that they're in control, but if we all just realize that it's it's just a big playground, a big game, we can go all about and do our own, uh, create our own local communities, our own local governments, and, and be living here in the local instead of depending on people far away in Washington, Washington to tell you how to live your life. That seems to be what's going to have to happen for like anything really to change, because like... I don't really see this working for a lot of people, you know, like I think part of the problem is people are too, people are too nice and compliant. Like, I don't know about about in the States, like, but in Canada, it's like kind of like everyone's just, everyone just kind of assumed that 
you know, the media and the politicians were like good guys telling the truth because the government's kind of good to people over here. Like, I guess it's freezing ass cold in the winter. So like without government assistance, you can literally freeze to death. But a lot of people aren't really starving in this country because, you know, people have been taken care of well by the government here. So they can't really imagine to what extent like they're kind of how deep their kind of nefarious behavior goes, you know, mm-hmm. like what they're really doing behind the scenes. People don't really want to think about that. Why, like why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Um, I think it might be a cultural thing. And I think it might be like just in Canada anyway, it's like everyone, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about like, don't bring up politics or religion, like, you know, at, at a bar or on a date or like a family dinner. Yeah. Cause it's probably going to ruin the mood and <laughs> no one will like you. Um, <laughs> which is kind of why like I choose to like bring stuff up in cartoons cause it kind of just changes the tone where it's like more acceptable to say stuff like that. Yeah. And they can't um, argue with think, you. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Go ahead. What, sorry. What were you going to say? No, no, you go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, um, I think part of it too is, is like, it's kind of like that thing of like the truth kind of, it's kind of jarring, like for people, like even myself, like you hear something and it's like, you just don't want to believe that it's true. Cause it's so horrible. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of easier to like not have to pay attention to like, I think it's more challenging to know what's going on, even if it's like horrible and atrocious and then still maintain some kind of, you know, positive mental attitude and outlook Mm -hmm. and not let it get to you too much. I think it's harder to do that than to just like not really know and not really care and just be a positive person, you know? Right. Yeah. That, I've but, noticed but ignorant to like all the, the horrible stuff. Yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah. That's one of the common threads also between the truthers is that it's not that they like the dark or the evil stuff. It's just that they're not afraid to go there to those spots to see what's really going on. And some people, they easily get afraid. And so that's one of the funny things with my wife, you know, I love her and she loves to watch like scary movies and horror movies. But when I tell her about like the real atrocities and the real horrors of the real world, she's just like, stop, stop. I don't want to hear about that. And it's just like you're in the, in the real world, in the real movie right now. And you can look and actually scare yourself, but you prefer to be scared by TV, and which is fine. You know, I'll watch them with her sometimes. But it's just like, why do people watch TV when you're living in the best movie right now in real life? Yeah, it's true. It is. Real life is kind of like a movie. I find like, I mean, like take it for what you will, but it's kind of like a lot of stuff allegedly is like information is sort of released as fiction potentially in movies and books and stuff. So even if you're watching a movie, you could be like, say you're watching a, what's that movie where the guy saw the guy in the hostel or hostel or one of those movies. Yeah. Like aren't some of those like rough, loosely based on, um, real, like stories. real events. Yeah. Like, that's it. So it's easier to watch it in a movie than, to maybe watch like a documentary or something. Right. Like, oh, man, that actually happened. Right. And, and it's I, like super gory. Like those Saw movies, I was like, oh my God, that's kind of worse than the, the real actual um, snuff films. Yeah, exactly. And like the Hollywood scene too, it's like with all the stuff that people have been accused of kind of behind the scenes and how sort of evil and perverted it is, like that's like another thing in and of itself, you know, like, that people don't really want to look at and stuff like all these, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I all think this, it's like just the, the Epstein stuff and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's crazy. Like huge, Even huge now story. that it's coming out, people still won't look at it. Like they still believe the narrative of the mainstream. And it's wild. There was a meme a while back saying about how long does it take for a conspiracy theory to become truth? And, it, and the answer was six months. But it seems like now it's happening faster and faster. As soon as the mainstream says something, the internet and the truth community exposes it. And then, like, even now recently with this whole Hunter Biden and the laptop that just got confirmed, yeah. like, it's you don't hear anything about it on the news. But if it was the other way around with Trump or what, I, I'm not for Trump, I'm not for any politician, but if it was the other way around, it would have been everywhere. Yeah, there, he's definitely, like, a fan favorite. And, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, even still, that, that Hunter Biden laptop thing didn't really get too much play, like, didn't they suppress or like suppress the story or they didn't release it and then they admitted that they knew or they didn't release it, the mainstream meet some mainstream yeah. media outlet. I actually like, just got even, yeah. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say there's like stuff like that happening in our country too, and like it it rarely ever gets talked about because like those media companies are just owned by like the prime minister of Canada owns all the media. So like, why would they run some story that's slandering him with like allegations or whatnot, you know? Yep, mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, it's, I'm, not, I'm saying slander, but there's plenty of dirt on this guy, you know? So, but yep. you don't hear about it at all. So right. it's kind of like that. Like, I think they're all just like buddies with each other and they just like, I mean, it's like, I was just going to bring this up too. Like, it's interesting how like, as soon as this like pandemic stuff hit like instagram just got insanely censored like it would just pick up keywords like on your posts and then put a little banner at the bottom saying that it's not true or something even if it was even if you used like a mainstream media like headline they would it would still be fact checked saying it was false even you know what i mean like it just doesn't make sense anymore it's like the censorship's just ramping up like crazy so like i think art and comedy is a way to get around that Exactly. Yeah, because I figured out I, you kind of have to learn how to navigate the social media without getting like censored or have a tag on it. And it's it's interesting because I have to either block out words or, or say something a certain way. So I'm kind of censoring myself, but it's just wild. And like like you said, I, I think your art is awesome because I don't think I see any tags on your uh, post from your art, do you? Tags like for, oh, from... Uh... I, I definitely, I think there was one that I did and it like, it picked up my handwriting somehow with something I said and put, which was kind of scary, but I guess I kind of expect stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. I may or may not be shadow banned. I'm not sure. No, because I, I don't, I, I see your stuff, but I think, I don't know how you, I think you, the way your art or how, the way you write stuff, the algorithms don't really recognize that yet. Cause your art, I don't know. It's very straight. It's very specific. It's, are there any inspirations that you're picking off of? With art? With, yeah, your style of art, like um, the comic kind that you do. I've been into this comedian, Ben Bankus, for a while because he just makes fun of whatever. So I've been trying to just kind of roll with that. He's like a stand-up guy, though. Um, I have a lot of inspirations, but I've definitely been in, insp- inspired by like more like sketch comedy and kind of, uh, I guess, like political cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah, late lately that is. Yours are usually like yeah. a, an arting or like a cartoon, and then it'll have like a, a lot of text, and it'll it'll tell you something about the whole. Like, let me let me pull up one. You have one right here. I I really like this one. It was the work from home dynamic. 
and it was just like a sketch of like a, a desk like really disorganized and it had the laptop there with the typical scene you would imagine of someone who had to work from home and it has things like coffee cup and paint water dangerously close together just like kind of funny interesting things to look at and it's just like what do you when you do something like this like do you have an idea already in head in your mind of what you want to draw or you come up with a theme or how do you go about doing like this piece for example piece is it's like the based off the work desk i can see it i can see it right now it's like exactly like how you described it like how i described it it's kind of like i try to make it relatable to mo to most people so that they could look at it and engage with it and laugh at it and stuff like that so did you do this piece off of was this something that you were going through like that you had to work from home and you were just frustrated or what made you like make this piece yeah i mean i guess we're just like locked down so hard man <laughs> after like two years and so i was just like i was just at my girlfriend's house and we're just we're both artists so we're both drawing and sharing the same table so it's like it's kind of we're kind of joking around because it's like we've always been working from home it's not like that's why i put kind of like the artist spin to it because at first i was thinking like just some regular guy like with a laptop and monster energy and, <laughs> and but it wasn't really interesting you know right. uh, like as interesting as like as it could be so i just chose the artist thing because it's kind of a joke it's like well we've already been working from home so it's not really much of a change for us like mm -hmm. we didn't really care that stuff was closed so we're just but we're trying to make fun and make fun of and like bring to light like what's happening in the world around us like everyone's pretty much stuck at home or at least they were at the time like everyone like no nothing was open it was crazy and it's like the dead of winter so what are you gonna do right. can't go anywhere or do anything so you're just working from home or like doing something at home See, and I like this piece because it, it just points out the ridiculousness of the whole thing. Like, they're telling us to stay home, to keep us safe. But in this image, it's, like, full of unsafe things that could go wrong and basically kill you <laughs> at your own house. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Y'all go you check it. Electrocute yourself. <laughs> Drink your paint water. <laughs> right. What were you going to say? No, I'm, no I was going to say to the listeners, y'all go check them out because its art is very specific. It's really interesting. And you'll... You do a lot of reading, but it's it's funny. It's trip number two to the top. And I'm just scrolling to your stuff. And I was looking at it the other day. I had written some notes. And there was this other piece. I, I go through your art, and I can tell there's some type of psychedelic influence in there. Am I correct? For sure. So tell me about that. W what is your opinion on psychedelic? Or just tell me when did you first try psychedelics? Um, Probably, I, I heard you're supposed to try them, like, after your brain's fully developed, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> so I probably, I probably tried psychedelics like in high school a little bit. Okay. And then I've sort of kind of, what was your first impression? Become, of um, I thought it was cool. Like I tried, I tried like a pretty low dose of like, of like psilocybin before I even tried cannabis. So Whoa. like when I tried cannabis, I was like floored compared to like my first experience, like with psilocybin like a mild dose hmm. um but I, I don't know i liked it like i've always been kind of like a visual person like creative like i like dancing and doing weird stuff and just sit, sitting down and chilling too so it's kind of like i guess that's kind of how i got into like different sub experimentation with different substances and stuff mm -hmm. and then i kind of keep going like but i'm like not going crazy but like here and there kind of like rediscover it and like oh yeah let's check this out and like I find it's 
it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. When when you first know. tried it, were you already big into art? Oh, you were in high school already doing art, but was it like, um, were you like, oh man, I'm getting some inspiration right now? Was it throwing ideas up in your head? I think it just made me a little bit more open-minded and like, I don't know, dip, sort of like, I had pretty like eclectic group of friends too. So like when we would like, whenever we would get together and do whatever, we'd usually be like just talking about weird stuff or like gaming or like doing art or listening to music. So it kind of opened my mind to like different stuff like that and like looking at things different in color and right. like animation and even just like movies, like, you know, like there's like those classic movies everyone watches, like Waking Life and Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that. Yes. Right? I dude, I was just ones. gonna watch that movie tonight. I had been planning that. I'm gonna watch that tonight on some Sarasaiban. Requiem or yeah, Requiem. He's a good uh, director. I just watched another one of his movies. I think. Have you seen The Fountain? No, I actually haven't seen. I haven't even heard of that. I'll oh, write that down. That's a really good movie, dude. I've already watched it twice in the last two weeks. I think really good. It's like a. You haven't seen? Have you seen the other one? No. Which one? Sorry, what were you gonna say? It's like what? Uh, no, Requiem for a Dream. Have you seen that yet or no? No, that's what I was saying. I, I have that plan to watch like, tonight. Tonight, I'm gonna watch that. Oh, one nice. Yeah. But I won't spoil it or say anything. What's the What's up with the fountain? Uh, the fountain is really good. I won't spoil it either. It's really good. I'll just tell you that it's three stories in one, and it's really trippy. It's like a a, a, a pretty like fam famous psychedelic movie in the psychedelic scene. You'll love it. I want to talk to you after it. After you watch it, we'll talk because I've been thinking about. I I've been listening to the soundtrack for that movie for these past two weeks and just reading about the movie and trying to get ideas like what does it mean or because it's, it's such a. I love these movies where you finish watching it and you're still thinking about it the next day, like philo philosophically wise, like, cause it's about death and, and rebirth and all that stuff. It's really fascinating. I love those movies. So let's get back. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the psychedelics. I wanted to ask you because you have this, I don't know if it's your piece. I think this is one of your buddies, but it's like a mushroom and it has, it's different colors and the mushroom has feet, like several feet and hands and it's walking. Is that your piece? Is it? Is what's the background like? Is it it's, orange? No, it's all black. It has a um, UFO in the background and raindrops. That, oh, that one's mine. I think. I think it's mine. It's it's re pretty recent. Yeah, it's. I think you wrote under Am it. Am I holding it up in front of my face or something? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 what, yeah, yeah. I made that like pretty recently. What is what, um, what is the story of this one? This one's awesome. Um. Yeah, I'm just uh again just like in the in the deep lockdown at my girl's house and we're just kind of like i guess you know psilocybin goes good with lockdown and <laughs> yeah i don't know it's kind of, it's kind of a hot a hot topic now too because I, i'm pretty sure it's being kind of legalized in canada mm -hmm. or for like therapeutic uses it's like there's i don't know if you know about like microdosing oh yeah anything like like you probably do yes definitely like yeah so tell me about like, that do you do that there's a lot of people that are uh, yeah, sometimes I find it's good for like depression or if you just even just to have a little bit of a boost in like your mood or energy or whatever, like it, it can help a lot. So, yeah, I do it sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. So explain it to us for the audience. What is microdosing? And how do you go about doing it? Well, it's basically you just kind of there's company either you can go through companies or you can do it yourself and you just kind of grind up psilocybin mushrooms into cap and put them into 
gel capsules and try to figure out approximately how much is in each one and you take a very low dose you could mix it with other stuff like different i don't know vitamins or different medicinal mushrooms and you just basically take some not maybe not every day but every other day or something like there's like a protocol to doing it and you just take them like kind of like how you would take like an antidepressant and it's just supposed to help kind of help your mood like you do normal stuff go you could go to work do emails you know it won't affect um, you it does it's not supposed to affect you i've heard like people were doing this like these like silicon valley programmers or whatever would do it with acid or something like that lsd yeah like i've heard about people doing this from before but it's kind of i think it, it's basically the intention of it is in my opinion on a on a broad scale to replace antidepressants like pharmaceuticals for like people having problems with like depression mental health stuff like that oh yeah it's... that's like that seems that seems to be the goal of it yeah it definitely helps i i do it and um I work at a machine shop, so I, I deal a lot with a lot of math and a lot of numbers and programming the computer to, to cut uh, metal. And uh, when I do do it, I was doing it a while, a couple of years ago, um, my my brain would just fire so much more smoothly. I could remember numbers so much easier. I could do the math in my head way quicker. I could figure out different ways of doing the job in a more uh, efficient way. It, it's wild. It's like a, I would call it a super cup of coffee. Like it just makes everything run more smoothly. It, I would also explain it. Imagine it's Friday and you're like in elementary school and you're going on a field trip and it's your birthday. Like all those emotions mixed into one, like the best kind of day you could have. Yeah, you're pretty much, you're set up for a good day already, like right off the bat. And yeah, it is, it definitely make definitely I, I feel like it, it makes you more clear headed, like it cuts through all that, that haze in your head. Right. Just so you could just get focused. Do you uh, notice anything? Do you notice anything different when you microdose and do art? It's kind of easier to work a little bit. Like uh, it's like exciting, I guess, to work. I mean, it's like it's a pretty low dose, but so it's not like you're not seeing crazy colors or patterns. But it's it's so subtle that it's kind of it's still kind of there, you know. Like it's it's hard to get motivated sometimes to do think to do art, even if not typically like I enjoy it, but I don't always want to sit down and paint or draw. So it's kind of anything you could do to kind of get a little bit of boost in morale is good there. But do you force yourself? Like, do you ever give writer's block? Or is it like a constant thing where you try to at least do something every day with it? Or is it just whenever you get the inspiration? I do my best to do some, something every day. You There's like maybe one day a week, I'll just totally do nothing, which I think is healthy. Um, other than that, like, I typically have, like, a kind of, like, backlog of, like, ideas that I want to make um, just for, like, those kind of Instagram drawings where it's, like, there's just a theme or it's, like, a wordplay. You know what I mean? So I have a lot of those just on the back burner. And uh, in your I head? just get to them when I, when they, I can. In my, they... in my head or, like, on my phone or oh, okay. in my sketchbook, I have a lot of, like, half-drawn ones that are just, like, rough sketches. But I'm doing commission work a lot so hmm. it's kind of hard to like i have to it's like i have to sit down and do something at some point because people would be like asking me for stuff you know what do you do for commission start. work what kind of commission sorry? i'm sorry what kind of commission work do you do um i just did a illustration for one of my buddies who's like super into crypto um for this coin called 
Shibonk, like S-H-I-B-O-N-K. Okay. Um, I'm doing a kid's book uh, right now, collaboration uh, project with my mom. Um, working on... What kind of book for kids? Yeah, it's a coloring book actually about um, Nova Scotia. It's like an educational book. Oh, that's with, awesome, like cartoon dude. characters and different landmarks and history and stuff. That's awesome. I love that stuff. See, I think my part of my reason on this on this earth is I love teaching people. I love learning things and then teaching them to people. But I don't really like confronting the people. So I figured this is the best way for me to teach people through Instagram and through these podcasts. And I'm actually doing something with my daughter. We're trying to we're starting to make YouTube videos. And I'm using it as a way to educate people like through through challenges. Like, for example, we did a, a soup challenge and I'm just trying to teach my daughter how to eat healthy. And I'm trying to do it through through showing her the different kinds of food there are, but making it fun. And I, that's awesome. Like, what, what else are you what are you teaching the kids in that coloring book? Um, that's a good question. I mean, definitely some basic history and geography. Um, I'm hoping that they'll learn how to color pretty good <laughs> or no. I'm hoping that uh, they'll just also become, be interested in the drawings, you know? Yeah. No. Like the little cartoon characters and stuff also. But it's it's overall, like, it's all around pretty pretty wholesome content. So I'm sure they'll get something from it. Yeah. I don't even know. what They might learn something I didn't even intend to, you know. Yeah, I think it's awesome because, because what you see today in the media, especially on YouTube and TikTok, what the kids are feeding themselves, their brain, their mind, is, it's sad. It's nothing of substance. It's nothing that's going to help them learn or grow or become a better person. It's just like entertainment for the sake of entertainment. Like I'll watch some of the stuff my daughter watches and it's like silly stuff. Like you're not gaining anything from it. You're just, it's sad because I watch her and I can kind of see her doing like it seems like she's on heroin. She's just staring blankly at the TV. Yeah. And I'll be like, what did you learn today, Mama? And she'll be like, oh, they're just going to the store. Like, nothing really of substance. And it makes me sad. So that's why I want to make these videos and, and, and teach her to do, do things. And it's fun. She loves it. You know, we, we do research together. We're doing next a video about ice cream. So we're researching about ice cream and how it's made and the history and all of that. So that's awesome, dude. I, I love that. And it, it, it all makes sense because you're an artist. And I think what artists want to do is just share what they have inside and everyone has some type of truth inside and i can see from your art it's kind of like political stuff it's funny because it has some psychedelic stuff and you have one about the stoner life that one's hilarious so you smoke <laughs> cannabis um not really like i used to a lot but now i'm just more into like kind of like mild dosages doses of like edibles like uh, especially for like working out exercise martial arts and yeah. stuff yeah I find I find it it's I find it's good for me. Hell yeah! Just like load load maybe like five ten milligrams. Yeah, I love to hit the hit the pipe a little bit and then go to the gym. It, it just it, it goes so much smoother. Especially if you're listening to music and getting all hyped up. Right. What do you listen to when you're at the gym? Um, that's a good question. I, you know what? To be honest, like lately, I've been listening to like weird stories, like weird like spooky kind of stories hmm. that are like narrated by a robotic voice like off <laughs> like compiled off 4chan okay like even at the gym even at the gym i listen to stuff like that but okay. usually like if i'm like doing if it's like jujitsu or something usually it's like we listen to like reggae or trap or something. even if it's like kind of heinous like we'll we still listen to like weird kind of like rap like i don't know <laughs> hmm. pretty much i'm pretty open to anything with music but 
I like stuff. to I listen. Like hip hop. I like to listen to uh, heavy metal and like kind of like you. I want to. I like to scare myself. I like to. I'll put a lot of like heavy metal, rock, rap, or like ancient Viking music, and I'll scare myself. I'll pretend like. I'm prepping to fight like uh, Biden or, or Hillary Clinton. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting strong so I could take down the New World Order. And I kind of use that that tr mind trick to myself. Like when I'm about to give up on my last rep, I'm like, Nah, fuck this. This is for Biden. I'm gonna kick his ass. Like I try to motivate myself like that. I listen to yeah, a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I like to listen to Architects. I, you should check them out. It's like heavy metal, but their music's very like uh, it's like true their music. Um, you should check it out. I'll probably play a song at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so you were talking about cannabis. Okay. Do you think it has any like a motivation on your art? Do you, does it like make you create new ideas while you're on that more than when you're not? Um, That's a good question. I used to think that it, I used to think that it did, but, but then like, I remember like just getting way too stoned, like, <laughs> doing like projects and stuff and then i would look at like sometimes i would just look at what i did and it would be totally like fucked up oh, okay and the, and and then i was like i don't know if this is helping or not like you know what i mean like mm. so now I, I try to just at least like i don't know like if it's i could work pretty good well well high so it like I don't think it's that much of an issue now, whereas before when I was like kind of more struggling with materials and how they work, like if I got high and, and tried to make an oil painting, like it would turn out looking like garbage. But <laughs> now I've, I have more understanding and like I'm more comfortable even just being high and doing kind of like mundane stuff, like making art, that it's easier. And with ideas, I find my ideas are pretty wacky anyway. So it's kind of like it helps maybe a little bit, but it's not necessary. So mm. I'm not like using it as a go-to to like get inspiration or anything like that. That's it's kind of just more different. Yeah. Th that's something that always fascinates me. Um, the creative mind and mixing in drugs. I'm not saying that it's something that you should do. I just think it's like you said, because you, you can't be high and try to do something new. What I've noticed is that if I try to do cannabis and try to do maybe a new workout or try to do a new activity, it's hard for me to pick up, but if it's something that I had already been doing, like uh, playing soccer, if I was to smoke, it would, it helps me be more creative in the sense of how I move or how I think. But if it was, if I was just learning something brand new, it would be difficult. So I just think it's fascinating, Kyle, because a lot of artists in the 60s, I mean, the LSD definitely had an impact on how they made their music. You could definitely see how the transition from old rock to the psychedelic rock of the 60s, I just think it's, it's really interesting what, what, what possibilities or what doors I guess these substances open to see things in a different way. Like a lot, I can see a lot of your art in it. It's psychedelic. Like you, you often paint Homer Simpson or The Simpsons, and there's one with Homer, and he's like holding yeah. holding a beer or something, but you can barely tell what it is. It looks very psychedelic, very trippy, and it's like that's a kind of older one too. Yeah, I think it's like you know. I'm sure you know Alex Gray, right? I was about to mention him actually, because that that guy, he's like on a whole whole different level. Like, it's like he's so good at both. Like he's so, it's like he's so comfortable like on psychedelics and with art. It's like he spent so much time in that kind of world, like of looking at crazy patterns and stuff. And he's so, like, has so much like raw skill at doing art that he could literally translate that stuff from his mind onto canvases. Right. Like, 
That's what I guess that's this other guy, Chris Dyer. His art's kind of like that too, a little bit. Well, I'm gonna check him He's out. He's like a Grant yes. Chris Dyer. How do you spell the name? Okay, Chris Dyer. Um, yeah, Chris Dyer. He has like similar stuff. It's like psychedelic kind of art. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome those people who can grab a snapshot of that place and bring it back because I do like to talk about psychedelics, but I I I don't recommend it to everyone because some people's minds they can't handle that and. I don't want to be advocating drugs. It's just, it's an interesting tool to use for you to grow or to like look inward. But I just think it's awesome how there's this other realm or this other place that people go to and they learn, they, I guess you could say you learn or you download these ideas and you see these things. And when you come back, you're like, wow, I need to share this. And that's where a lot of the art comes from. It's like you see something or you get a glimpse or a feeling or an emotion and then you recreate it and you share it with people. And I just think that's, that's the beautiful thing about art because art in in, in and of itself it doesn't have a, a tool it doesn't like a painting is not going to do anything for me in terms of being a hammer or something the only thing that art really does is just inspires it just makes you think and you appreciate it it doesn't have a utility per se but you just it's just there and you appreciate it and you i don't know how, how would you explain that that the artist the sharing your art what, what do you think that is you pretty much nailed it um it's also it's also kind of like almost like I don't I don't know if it's the right term, but like us like it's kind of like clout and status too. Like if if you have like some nice art at your crib and people come over, they'll be like, "Wow, you know, like I love it. your taste is so sophisticated," you know, right. or like whatever. It's like it's kind of it's kind of nice to have around just for to feel good and looking at colors like it's it's like therapeutic too you know it's important because if you look like uh that if you i'm sure you've read 1984 and seen like movies from old russia or communist countries it's like there's no art there's no color it's all empty and gray and like sterile and dead almost and it's like this is why they remove art because there's something powerful about art like it brings this humanness out of you this love or like this connection this feeling emotions you know and that's what communistic things try to do erase or stamp out any type of emotion or feeling or uh personal ideas it just tries to stamp all that out because that's unacceptable because once you start doing art and thinking strange different ideas you eventually start imagining a free world like no dictatorship wants that, like colorful things that give people a sense of an imagination where they can imagine things being different. That's, that's the last thing they want. So I think it's, it's important that people do their art, whatever it is. I mean, some people make silly uh, art out of shoestrings, whatever it is, even though I was making fun of abstract art. To make something, I think it's very important because we're all creative people. We're like, we have that spark of God. He was a creator and we're creators also. And I, what would you say to motivate people to do art or any, anything, painting, whatever? What would you recommend for people to, to actually do something? Um, I think it's like part of it could be kind of like it's kind of like do the art that you want to look at since you're doing it. You know, yeah, like right. just do stuff that you like and uh, and stick with it. Like it's kind of like it's kind of like the concept of like graffiti, like, you know, you paint like your neighborhood or whatever because when you go around you see it and it makes you happy and like other people too it's kind of the same thing with painting like you want to look at your painting and be like oh yeah it's pretty cool you know <laughs> or like having fun having fun while you're working on it right. is also a huge thing 
Yeah. Have you Which seen is, this? It's hard sometimes, but it's good. Yeah. There's this one video. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, but Jim Carrey's become like a total artist now. He's like g completely uh, yeah. changed. And he has this one video. It's called, it's titled Color. And it, it goes, I think he was depressed and he was just like, I want some color in my life. So he got some pain and he just started messing around. And like, now he's a legit artist. His stuff's really, really cool. He does like, he throws pain around, but it's like, it has a purpose that actually has a meaning. And it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting that whole art world and it's not pushed enough on people. They push more logic and reason instead of abstract, random art that could be anything. Especially, you could see it in schools, you know, they try to make everyone the same instead of pulling out their differences and harnessing them. Yeah, uh, I noticed that at school too. They're kind of trying to push everyone towards like a certain kind of style. Uh, just to kind of, I don't know. I, they, it's interesting, like abstract art too. It's because it could be conceptual also. And like a lot of abstract artists could also be really, really good at like painting realism and stuff. And maybe they just got tired of it. Man, yeah, it's it's crazy all the kinds of art, not and in painting all the styles. Like you right now, you were just saying, uh, realistic. I've seen some artists like draw pictures where they look photorealistic, and I'm just like, what the fuck? How did you make that? And it's like, that's the whole thing about art. Also, it's like you look at something and you're like, wow, this person is a god or something. But it's like, no, you can also do that. You just have to start and be consistent and and do it all the time, and you can also do that. And I think that's the other amazing thing about art. It inspires you. To, to do the same definitely it's like god's creations creating stuff right man yeah it's, it's like, like turtles all the way down yeah yeah exactly like if you were if you were god which you might be and i might be too and then you make something it's kind of like god's like made a thing that made a thing and it's like oh yeah hell yeah you know yeah thing man. Made a thing. do you have kids but it's all the same it's all the god do you have kids uh no i don't have kids <laughs> see i have a daughter and whenever i see her do a little drawing whatever it's just like wow i made her and then she made that it's like dang that's yeah. awesome it's just yeah exactly crazy how how life is okay so we, we pretty much did about an hour and this was pretty good we didn't have a a, a topic or anything but to end i kind of want to ask you about the whole worldwide flu that just happened because you were in the middle of it see i'm in texas like we talked about this earlier I'm in Texas, and COVID here basically ended around a year and a half ago. And it's still wild to see. Some people very rarely will wear a mask, and you could see how it's now they're kind of ashamed because almost nobody wears them around here. So I want to ask you, how was it in your situation? Because you were in the middle of it, like right where it was probably the worst, not in terms of people dying, but in terms of the restrictions and the mandates. Can you tell us how that experience was for you? Um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. Like, uh, yeah, I think we, I think we had one of the most longest severe lockdowns in North America, at least like, like people were leaving Canada to go to Texas and like trying to not come back or like, you know what I mean? Like, cause wow. for so long, you just couldn't do anything here. It's kind of like, like the mask thing. They just lifted that. And uh, I haven't really been around in Toronto, but right before they lifted it, like it's like every second person almost like had a mask outside and people have them in their cars. Like everyone in Canada is pretty cool with like following rules. And it's like people are even kind of policing each other and like tattling on each other and shaming each other and even online and stuff. It's just it's created so much 
division between like families, like relationships, friends, like social scenes, like uh, with like the mask thing and the, the whole like the flu thing and what is it and the the vaccine passport just made everything even worse. Like they removed the vaccine passport mandate, but if you're if you're not vaccinated in Canada, you can't get on a plane. Like you can't like you can't get on a plane like domestically or a train. Wow. So you have to like and it's a huge country, right? So and everything's mad spaced out. So it's just making people's lives really complicated. Um and like not only that, but they mandated it for work and stuff. And so they basically, a lot of people in a lot of industries, like uh, police officers, firefighters, nurses, teachers, etc. They basically take you off. Uh, they took people like kind of like on a leave without pay mm-hmm. and they couldn't get EI or any kind of uh, social uh, assistance or anything like maybe a little bit, but a lot of people have families and mortgages and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, just a lot of crazy, sketchy coercion and, like, just what they did with the whole truck protest, how they kind of react to that. And, uh, like, they're trying to make protesting illegal now, and it's, like, Justin Trudeau's just going off the off the rails. They fused two, like, the two par- these two pa- parties together to make, like, a super party. And, like, there's just... Canada's super sketchy. Like, it's basically gone from being, like, a nice, wholesome kind of relatively free society to like tyrannical dictatorship like Quebec's pretty bad like they had a curfew there for a while you couldn't be outside past like eight or something like that like in Quebec like unvaccinated people weren't allowed in like even just basic places like Walmart and Kennedy Entire like you have to go to these small stores like out of the way it's just discrimination and dividing people against each other and just like super fear porn and like the media is all corrupt and stupid here. Like there's no, there's not a lot of real journalism and stuff like that going on. And people are pretty ignorant overall to it. Like, and they just don't care. It just, it's a lot of apathy here, man. It's, it's, it's not really a good scene. (laughs) Like, and it's freezing cold. So people pretty much don't, don't go outside anyway. Like I'm sure in Texas, people are just like, whatever, we're just going outside. It's hot, you know? It's the laws are different. Like Texas seems like a pretty free place. Uh, I would definitely go there if I could. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I was going to concerts last year, and I think around October. It, it's wild because, like I said, now you see people still wearing their mask, and you're like, dude, don't you see everyone? It's wild. I mean, I I I can't imagine still being locked down in some places. I would have gone crazy. Uh, yeah, even the people with the vaccine passports got locked down. Like right before christmas they basically canceled christmas and like people that had jobs just like oh yeah you don't have a job anymore right now kind of thing like and everyone's just arguing over like this bullshit science like oh yeah but the science and like oh you gotta trust dr fauci and like it's like these people are all liars and they're all they've all been caught lying they're all corrupt like all these politicians and stuff like everyone knows what's going on Mm -hmm. like the premier of ontario made like four he basically locked everyone down and then made these mandates where you need like these social distancing stickers and stuff. So every business had to have have them on the ground. So people knew exactly how far to stand away from each other and like what direction to move in. And like this guy had the like he owned the company that made those allegedly. So it's like he made like $40 million or something wow. like off the lockdown. So they just kept everyone in lockdown for like we're out now, but 
like still there's still unvaccinated people who can't leave the country <laughs> it's so weird or like can't leave the country in some situations or can't take planes it's really super weird and like people are pretending like it's not happening and like the protests don't seem to have any effect really or if they do it's like pretty negligible it's crazy so how do you it's, think it's, it's not, going it's not really good do you think people are waking? Do you think we people are waking up to this, or do you? Because I, I, I think I just heard something them mentioning about how there's going to be a new variant now. So, are, does it seem like people are like trying to come back out, or are they still being complacent? Um, it's a little bit of both. I, I think most people are over it. Like, the kind of good news and the silver lining. Uh, at least I could speak on. I've been to a, a few different provinces like over the last couple of years, and Toronto is kind of the overall been or Ontario's Toronto specifically the city's been pretty good like a lot of places they just they don't really respect the mandates and stuff like that and you could see more and more every day people are just like yeah you know what fuck this man so I think my prediction is once they give everyone back all their kind of quote in quotations freedoms for the summer um, people are just going to be get so used to it especially now that the mask mandate's gone like people just get so used to it that they just won't want to go back. Some people might, but I think it'll be easier to sway people. Like a lot of people are waking up. Like a lot of people are getting together that maybe didn't get together before. Or like there's like there's been so many new relationships forged of just like people that are just tired of the bullshit. Exactly. So there are a lot of people working together right now and more people are all the time. Yeah. Getting kind of converted into the like fuck this side of stuff. Exactly. Like you and me right now, what are we doing? We would have never met if it wasn't because of this. But because of that, so yeah. many people are like opening their minds and seeing the other side. And it's just wild to see because the other people are like doubling down. Like they're so like sucking the government's balls right now. Like telling on others, snitching on others, saying, where's your mask? Like still pushing the vaccines. Like, come on, man. this is done. And it's, it's, it's very interesting how now as it's coming to an end, the Ukraine thing comes into effect. And it's just like, there, there's always has to be a boogeyman. There always has to be a monster, something for people to fear. But I think before the whole flu pandemic thing happened, pe the, the world was on the verge of waking up. And they, they noticed this, and that's part of the reason they unleashed this. But in them doing that, it just exacerbated everything else. People are waking up by the millions. And it's just a matter of time. I think we will win in the end. God is on our side, and we're the right ones. We're on the right side of history. And I, I, how they keep peddling this, it's, it's beyond me. But I want to thank you, Jordan, for being on the show, dude. Um, like I said, if it wasn't because of this whole worldwide thing, we would have nev never met. I would have never seen your art. And now I'm gonna, I see your art. I love it. And hopefully all, all y'all go check it out and like it. I'm going to put your, uh, what were those galleries you mentioned? You said Pyramid Scheme and The Run. What was the other um, one? Pyr pyramid Scheme is... Um... The, like, the book, uh, Pyramid Scheme, is like the book and apparel company that I'm working with, one of my buddies. I think it's Pyramid and Two Underscores Scheme on Instagram. Okay. Uh, I'm not really sure. I could double-check that, actually, for you. The gallery is called The Run Gallery. Okay. It's like, uh, like you know, The Run Gallery. And people can check uh, your art through there? Um, I don't know if I have anything up there right now. I do have some stuff. Maybe if you go to the Instagram, I think they have a website. The Instagram's popping though. I would check that out. Um, let me just make sure here. And um, if, if people would want you maybe to do some work for them, um, do you want them to email you or how do you want them to contact you? 
contact me. Um, I can put my email. Um, it's here. Hold on. I'll put my email. It's uh, my name's Jordan Mackay. J O R J O R D A N M C K I E. That's my last name. So my email is J M C K I E A R T. So J Mackay Art, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, you could email me or you could check my Instagram at trip to the top uh, with the number two as the two. Um, yeah, and that's those are the probably the best ways to reach me, especially if you're international. Um, yeah, I would just say that. And then, uh, yeah, I could hit you with the, the other Instagram accounts that I'm working with. Yeah, send me all that in your email too. And um, if you could leave us with, I guess, an idea, a positive note or something that people could think about or an advice or something good that people could take with, what would you share with them? Um, I would just say like kind of to reinforce what you were saying before about like stuff's looking grim, but it's, it's kind of like uh like a movie where like the bad guy ruins himself in the end or something. Cause he's getting too greedy or desperate. Right. We see these kind of movies a lot. Like it's just keep going with your stuff. And uh, if you have like, don't, don't spend too much of your life doing stuff you really don't like or don't want to do. Like there's a lot of people like specifically with art, there's a lot of people that, you know, aren't that great that make a great living off art. So if you think you're talented or, you know, you like it, you have the drive you have the ambition, like go for it. Same thing for anything in life, you know, definitely move your body, eat healthy, meditate if you can. Um, and continue to research and stuff and definitely check out the rest of the podcasts. I would recommend that's probably a good idea. Thank you. Thank you. And that actually, that whole thing you were saying right now, it, it kind of synchronistically aligns with this song that I want to end with. Um, I like to end them with a song that kind of goes with the, the podcast. And this one's called Wear Sunscreen. Have you ever heard of this? No, but I was listening to something about sunscreen earlier. Whoa, dude. I'm telling you, once you do this and you're on the path, the synchronicities are everywhere if you're paying attention. So this is, uh, this is a song that was written because a lady who was uh, a commentary speech columnist, her name is Mary Schmitch, and it's basically, um, she sent this to the Chicago Tribune in June 97, and it's kind of a speech of somebody giving a commensary speech at the end of graduation and basically just giving out advice. And it said a couple of the things that you said. But tell me, what were you reading about sunscreen today? I was just reading about, uh, I was reading about, it's actually interesting. I was, I was re researching this like new hair loss medication that apparently affects your scalp in some way. And uh, so it, 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 so if you use it, you have to use extra sunscreen or something, the guy was saying. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. I don't really, I try not to get too much sun. I don't, I don't really use sunscreen that much. So I just thought it was interesting. I was thinking about, but yeah, sunscreen. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're going to love this. So I'm going to play this song. It's about uh, five minutes and then stick with me. Uh, I want to talk to you just off the air for a little bit, but thank you once again, Jordan, dude. It's, it's amazing that the things that happen when people express themselves and people who are interested actually go out and seek them out. So like like Jordan says, everyone, if you're really after something, just go on after it. No, I mean, no one's going to pay you. No one's going to push you. Do what, what pushes you and, and just go after it. So know thyself, improve thyself, and find the others. And this is Bas Lerchman. I'll spell it B-A-Z-L-U-H.
R M A N N and the song is titled Everyone Everybody is free to wear sunscreen. Peace out. Of the yeah. class of 99. Wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they've faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future or worry, but know that worrying as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your needs. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but with a precious few, you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, because the older you get, the more you need the people you knew when you were young. Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. 
with the Northern California ones, but leave before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise. Politicians will philander. You too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund. Maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse. But you never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair. Or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy. But be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me, on the sunscreen. Peace.